Welcome to the TJI Preaching and Ministry Podcast, your source for all things preaching and ministry from the Jenkins Institute. This is your host, Jonathan Sanford, and now your friend, Jeff and Dale Jenkins. Hey folks, we welcome you to the latest edition of the Jenkins Institute podcast on ministry and preaching. This is Dale Jenkins. I'm in the great state of Alabama today, Jeff. Where are you? Well, Dale, I am in the great state of Texas today, and uh, I'm uh, getting ready to leave town to head eventually to Red River, New Mexico for the Red River Family Encampment starts this weekend. Yeah, that's and a bit, I, hear, I, hear, I hear you have a miserable time out there. It is, Dale. It's uh, supposed to be in the 70s during the daytime and 30s and 40s at night, so it's going to be rough. No scenery, no, no beautiful scenery behind you or anything. It's just horrible. Uh, it's we'll, we'll, we'll work our way through it, though. I'm glad you're enduring that. So, yes, sir. Tell a little bit about that event, if you will. Just take a minute or so. It's a great event. Well, this is the 30th year of the Red River Family Encampment. Um, I've been attending for about 20 years and have the opportunity to speak every year, and it's always a joy to go out there. And There'll be about 2,000 Christians from around the country, mostly from Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas, and, uh, but uh, other places as well. And, just a great time of worship and Bible study and uh, to be able to enjoy God's beautiful scenery in the mountains. All right. But today you're in the great state of Jiffy Lube, right? Well, actually, uh, yeah, we're trying to get our oil change to get out of town. So I've never done a podcast at a, a oil change location. So this is a first. Well, if we hear too much talk in the background, we'll know what's going on. Just let our listeners know about that. Jeff, we've got a, a really good uh, day to day. This is a week three of the month and week three, our goal is always to have what we call questions and answers or help desk. That's what we really like to talk about uh, where we get questions from preachers and we take some time answering them. We've got quite a backlog of them and I don't know we'll get, I know we won't get to all of it that we've got today, but uh, I like to call this Jeff, the, the, the part of our broadcast where we answer questions from list, that listeners have called in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dale, we get uh, seems like we get questions from preachers around the country every day, and uh, sometimes we, you know, try to answer them through emails or phone calls or something like that. But uh, we send them a Bible when they answer the questions. No, we don't send them a Bible. We just put our phone number out there and let them call in. All so, right, uh, send those questions to tji at thejinkinsinstitute.com. That's tji tji at thejinkinsinstitute.com. And Jeff, we've got. Uh, we have several questions about elders today. Well, we, we do, Dale, and uh, these are good questions and probably something that all of us who are in ministry think about from time to time and deal with from time to time in our own ministry, and so maybe this will be something that will help a lot of us. All right, so first question comes in. Uh, want to ask some things of what we can do for our elders. Obviously, we pray for them and so we care for our soul, and we ask God to bless them. Uh, bless their spiritual state and all. But specifically, what are some things that we can do that will help members deal, elders deal with members and members deal with elders to help elders be the best shepherds they can be? Well, Dale, there's a, there's a lot of different ways that we can encourage elders. Uh, one of the things that comes to my mind first is to 
make sure that we never criticize elders publicly or privately, that we only encourage and as much as we can and as often as we can to, to compliment and encourage elders publicly from the pulpit. You know, we've said many times, I think even on, on, in our discussions, and we heard our dad say many times that the church will often follow the lead of the pulpit. And so if the preacher stands up and if he's critical of the elders or negative, uh, the congregation is more likely going to do that. But if he, he speaks positively and is complimentary of the elders, uh, that will give a good uh, feeling among the members, and they'll follow suit as well. Well, there's no doubt about that. And then, you know, it's obviously been said we can pray for them, but uh, let's not make that too trite and just say, well, you ought to pray for them. I think it would be wise for preachers to take uh, some time each week, if not every day, uh, talk to God about their specific elders, the elders' strengths, uh, what they do well, focus on those things, and the elders where they need to grow, and the eldership and the challenges that they're facing. Just to actually make a calendar, put it on your calendar. We're gonna, I'm going to be praying for our elders during this period of time. And, and uh, you know, let them know. Let them know when you pray for them. If, you, if you've prayed for one of your elders specifically, drop him an email or a text or a note or something, or just go tell him, I want you to know I'm praying for you and praying for your family. And do you have any special needs in your family I could pray about? Jeff, we're also that was, influenced by those that we spend time with, aren't we? And so I would encourage you to spend time with your elders. Uh, yes, uh, many ways that can take place. Uh, you know, we, we sometimes spend the time we spend with them is in uh, elders meetings or, or elders and deacons and ministers meeting. And we encourage preachers to spend time with elders outside of those meetings. Uh, take, take an elder to lunch and you pay for it. Uh, you know, I guess it's okay to put it on the church credit card if you have one in their presence, but uh, uh, take, take them and buy them a cup of coffee or just to sit down and visit with them and talk. Occasionally, we, we try to tell preachers sometimes to occasionally talk to elders about things that are going on in their life and not talk about church work. Get yeah. with them sometime and talk about, uh, about their family and about what they're doing and about your family and what you're doing and and don't talk about church work, and that'll give you better opportunities to get to know them and to spend time with them, and you'll build a better relationship that way. Now, Jeff, if I understand part of the role of a minister, uh, elders will hire a minister to work with them to aid them in the feeding of the flock. Well, shepherds are interesting because not only are they the shepherds, they are also part of the flock. And so as a minister, part of your job is to help those elders who hopefully are more mature than you are spiritually but to help them grow. And somebody says, how can I help someone grow that's more mature than I am? Well, uh, there are areas where your children will be more mature than you are, and you still have a responsibility to help them grow. Uh, there are people in your life that will be more mature than you are, but you still have an obligation to help them grow. So as you see areas where you can help them grow in a very positive manner, help them grow in those areas. Dale, Paul said, you know, in Ephesians 4, that part of our duty is to equip the saints and uh, to for, equip the saints for service. And so, again, uh, you know, sometimes we look at elders, uh, some people look at elders as if they're a different part of the church somehow. Well, they're a part of the church just like we are. We want, to, we want to be treated like we're a part of the church. We want them to treat our families like they're a part of the church, and we should, we should do the same. I, I would say 
uh, as a reminder, especially to those uh, to younger guys, when you're trying to teach the elders or or encourage them or help them grow, don't ever do so in a condescending kind of way. Uh, you know, don't don't let them think that you even if you do know more than they know, even if you have studied more than they have, don't don't come across in such a way that it appears that you're looking down on them. Uh, and remember that not only are you employed by the church as a, a minister, but you're also under the elders as a member because they have to watch for your soul as well as they do everybody else's soul. And if dealt with properly, uh, your elders, I don't know how to say this other than this way, your elders will see your wisdom and uh, respond to it positively. All right, Jeff, let's move on to the next question. Okay, go ahead. What is it? I can't. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's deal with this one on a kind of a, a, a technical aspect here. One of our elder's wives sadly passed away. Uh, there's talk that he can no longer serve as an elder. Uh, this person says they've done some study on it, and they're not exactly sure. Uh, what what do that what did they what does that elder need to do? So are you asking me? Yeah, you know that's there. This is something we we've talked about some. I know. Well, the the uh, a lot of times people. Uh, have different viewpoints on the passage that talks about an elder being the husband of one wife. And uh, we don't have time to list all of those. This is only 20 minutes. Right. Yeah. right. We, we could spend all day talking about that one passage of scripture. Um, I think we've discussed this enough that I could say that our viewpoint is that just because a man's wife passes away, he, uh, he no longer ceases to be the husband of one wife. And, uh, uh, we don't believe that, or at least I speak for myself, I don't believe it violates the text for a man to continue to serve as an elder uh, whose wife has passed away. However, um, you know, God placed um, the role of elders and the choosing of elders in, in, the, uh, in the arena of the church. And so wise elders would listen to what the church says about something like that. And it may be that a man's wife passes away and he's been involved in leadership for so long that the church said, we want you to keep serving. Uh, if for some reason the majority of the elders or the majority of the church said, we don't think it's wise, uh, I think it would be unwise for a man to, you know, to be rebellious in, in that situation and say, well, I don't care what the church thinks, I'm going to continue to serve anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'll never forget, and I think you were present at the time when we visited Brother Wendell Winkler in his home in uh, Northport several years ago. There's somebody else with us. It was you and I and, and one other person, and I remember it, and he talked about uh, some of these matters with elders and husband one wife, and what he said just made so much sense. He said, you know, this is a congregational matter, and it's really, I, I see both sides of the argument. I see where you know, some man's 50 years old. He's old enough to be an elder, and his wife dies. Well, it's very possible his most trusted advisor, the person that gave him spiritual uh, guidance and, and, and health uh, to a large degree, is gone. Or maybe he's suddenly now looking for a new wife. At age 50, you know, I can see that happening. He's looking for a new wife. And what if the second wife he married is not as good as the first wife he married, is not as 
noble in character and is encouraging. We've seen that happen before. And uh, he marries this second woman, and, and she's not the person that, that, uh, that he needs. And so suddenly he's not the elder he was before. Uh, and, that, and so I can see both sides to the argument. And I do think it ends up ultimately being a congregational thing that uh, you don't want to do that, which causes disruption in the congregation, whether it's by taking the man out or by leaving the man in. And, and certainly, uh, in addition to what we've already said, a man can't violate his own conscience if, if for some reason he feels like that he needs to step down because, uh, as you said, here's his most trusted advisor and he no longer has her. If he feels that he can't serve, then he, it would be wise for him to step down. But if he feels that he can, the congregation is supportive and would like for him to do that. I don't see any reason why he couldn't continue to serve. All right, let's move on, Jeff, to the next question. Our time's getting away from us quickly here. How do I deal with difficult discussions with elders, um, members, and so, uh, well, elders on subjects that we may not agree on? Uh, the person says it may not be even necessarily a strong uh, source of, of, of theology or, or even necessarily a deep uh, matter of doctrine, but just a matter of discussion that comes up and this individual sees this preacher sees it differently than his elders. How does he handle that? Well, the first thought that comes to my mind is spend a lot of time in prayer, uh, you know, regardless of what the situation, whether it's a doctrinal issue or, or whether it's a matter of judgment, uh, you know, we need to spend time in prayer and ask God for wisdom. And, uh, we need to study, whatever specific topic we might be dealing with. I think there is a distinction between ultimately how you might handle a doctrinal issue and how you might handle a judge, uh, an issue of judgment. If it's something that is not doctrinal in nature, if it's something that's there are different opinions about, um, if, if, if it's possible in any way, it would be good for the, the preacher to say, uh, I'll set aside my personal w- uh, ish- wishes here and my personal desires and my personal thoughts for the, the strengthening of the, the body of Christ. And so, so uh, anytime, anytime there's a, a matter of, uh, through, through the years, anytime there's been a matter that I've disagreed with the elders about and it's not a doctrinal issue, I always, I, I don't fuss about it. Uh, I'm quiet about it. And what you don't want to do is if you have a disagreement with them, go talk secretly to other members of the church because, uh, you know, God doesn't hate it when we disagree, but he hates it when we sow discord among among brethren. And so we certainly don't want to be guilty of that. Well, I'd add, Jeff, um, you know, let the elders be the elders. If this is a congregational matter, uh, you know, and and it's not a matter of doctrine, uh, the elders get to decide what the congregation is going to do on a specific matter. Uh, and then I would also say as a minister, uh, and if you deal with your elders, and this may be depending on what kind of relationship you have with elders, ask your elders permission to continue discussing it. I don't want to be a, to badger you or to cause any division at all. But as we meet together, I, I'd like permission for us to talk about this again on down the road and, uh, you know, do your own study, continue to grow. And if the elders have wise points on it, let them know, hey, I appreciate your thinking on this. And uh, you know, commend them on that. Commend them for, for having an opinion. You know, we, we put men in roles of leadership because they're leaders. And if we're not careful, we don't let them lead. And if we don't let them lead, why should they be in roles of leadership? So be aware of that. Sure. And, and that's, that's a great point about uh, having further discussions. Uh, you know, I, 
there would be wisdom in not bringing it up every time you get together. You, you know, like you, you see, said, uh, you don't want to badger them. Uh, so, so uh, just let them know that you would love to have further discussions about it, and maybe maybe let them be the ones who who bring it up. And if it goes by, if it's something that continues to bother you, then uh, you know you can bring it up on other occasions. Uh, I think. Um, Wise elders will ask the preachers, uh, you know, what, what, is your, what are your thoughts about this issue, and, and how did you arrive at your thoughts? And, and uh, you know, again, that's a way we can help elders grow. And the longer you work with a group of elders, the longer you stay with the congregation, the more opportunities you'll have to express that wisdom. All right, Jeff, do we have time for one more question? Let's do one more, Dale. Okay, let's be quick about it here, and we're, we may not give this attention it needs to, but how do you handle when the elders uh, give you too much responsibility and leadership? Uh, they're always looking to you and, 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 and you know, have, have not necessarily, it's not necessarily the extra expectations and work, but it's they're not providing the vision and the, the guidance maybe that you wish they were, and uh, they're looking to you, you feel like too much, this individual asks. Well, we said earlier, you know, let the elders be the elders. And, uh, you know, the, I think the question here is what if they're not being the elders? Well, that doesn't mean you become the elder. Uh, that doesn't mean you become the one who does all of the guiding. Uh, you can't uh, force men to be what they're not, and you can't force them to do what they're not doing. I think there are ways that you can help them. And, again, the more – the longer you work with them and the more trust they, uh, you build from them, the more opportunities you'll have uh, to be able to encourage them. One of the things we've done through the years is that we have shared with our elders uh, good material about leading. Uh, you know, uh, our friend, Brother Jerry Barber, has a great uh, weekly or every a daily email that he sends out about leadership. And, and I'd figure out a way to, if I were a preacher and I'm not already doing this, I'd figure out a way to get the, every one of those in the hands of my elders every time he prints one. And if they don't do email, I'd copy it off and put it, you know, hand it to them and, and let them know, not, you know, I'm giving you this because you need this and because you're not smart enough to figure it out, but I'm, I'm sharing with you something that has helped me and maybe it'll help you as well. Outstanding. Very good. Well, <clears throat> I think that's important for us to, to understand that uh, we put ourselves in a situation where we believe we're more important than we are. Uh, and I caution us against that. Um, I'm not minimizing that, that I believe the role of ministers is important, but I know in, in, in my past, there have been times where the elder, where I would write something and the elders would like it and then they'd use it. And then I'd write the next thing and they'd like it and end up becoming overly important. And I didn't let them grow. And sometimes you have to let them grow. You know, don't, instead of saying, I'll do that or I'll take that or you think you're doing a favor or, or, or kicking in, instead, you're kind of hampering their growth. So I don't want to say push them into leadership, but, you know, when there's something that needs to be announced that's important to the life of the church, let them make that announcement. When there's something that needs to be communicated, let them make that communication. And, and you continue to preach and let them handle the aspect of leadership and don't always force that. Uh, in areas of vision, you know, uh, uh, there are many things we can do to help our elders great, gain greater vision. I think, Jeff, what you've said is really a key of, of making sure that, that uh, you put material in front of them 
and give them opportunity for it and ask them permission to give them material. I'd like to yeah. things from time to time that help me, not that you need. I mean, you know, I'll say it that way, but really you, case to the point, it's helped me. These are leadership tools I've found that are helpful to me. Maybe they'll be helpful to you. Uh, Dale, let me right, say Jeff, be great Dale, to be together Hey, Dale, let me say one more thing about that. Uh, Go ahead. Be, be sure as a minister, especially as a young preacher, that, uh, that you work on your patience. Uh, you know, uh, elders may not always move as quickly as you think they ought to move on decisions. They may not, be, be, uh, they may not make decisions as fast as you would want them to make them. But remember, again, God put them in that position of leadership for a reason. And sometimes preachers, you know, we want to do things quickly and we get something in our mind and it, it, uh, it grows in our mind and, and we live with it every day, maybe every minute of our life. Well, and elders don't live with those things every day and every minute of their life. So we have got to make sure that, uh, that we, uh, we don't push them uh, when they're not ready to be pushed yeah. and be patient. And, and we, uh, you know, things won't always go as quickly as we want them to go. And that's a lesson that we've learned over many years of, of working with elders. And uh, you can drive yourself crazy if you can't learn a little patience. And Jeff, you know, they might just know more than you know. Exactly. You know, they might know, have some insight. They've been at that church longer than you have. They might have some insights you don't have. So let them be the elders. Well, Jeff, it's been great to be together today. Uh, we've gone about 20 minutes. That's our goal for these podcasts. We appreciate the good comments we're receiving from it. If you subscribe on iTunes, go over there and give us a little bit of review, which helps other folks find this podcast and share it with others. And if you have questions you want to send us at help desk, send it to TJI at thegeninstitute.com. And Jeff, we'll see you soon. Hope things go well for you out in Red River. Thanks, Dale. Been good to be with you. And may God bless each of you richly is our prayer for you.